Hello and welcome to episode one of How Do I Adult? So my name's Alex. I'm 22, I've just graduated from university and I've been thrust unwillingly into the real world. The world of jobs, of laundry, trolley tokens, olives, recycling. It's a pretty daunting place, but I guess most of us have to enter it at some point. So I thought, what better way to navigate this adulthood thing than to talk about it? So over the next eight episodes, I'll be chatting to different people in my life at various stages, from students right the way through to my 82-year-old grandma. Each episode will cover a different topic, including jobs, relationships, technology, and money. This episode is a general introduction to the podcast. I'll be introducing you to some of the people that we'll be hearing from throughout the rest of the series and looking at their view towards adulthood and hearing what they're anxious about for the future and maybe even picking up some advice. I started by asking people if they would consider themselves adults. The answers were mixed to say the least and often involved quite a lot of nervous laughter. This is the response I got from my parents. (laughs) Am I a grown-up? No. Dad is. I think I am. I think think mum is at times. (laughs) I then asked the same question to various different people around my age. Do you feel like an adult? (laughs) Um, Sometimes. Legally, I don't think I feel like an adult. No. No. (laughs) On paper, I am. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I feel like an adult that has my sense of youth still very much intact. Mm. No, I'm a big kid with responsibilities. Yeah, I think I am an adult. I do adult things, but I still feel like a child sometimes. And finally, my grandma, who laughs a lot, by the way. (laughs) Too much so. (laughs) Too much so. Yes, I've been an, an, an adult for quite a long time now. <laughs> I really wish there was that much laughter in my life. But anyway, these answers were not conclusive. So I devised a foolproof set of quickfire questions to determine whether or not the people in my life are real adults or not. If you answer yes to any of the following questions, you are indeed a certified adult. Do you like fruitcake? Yes. Do you own a pair of open-toed sandals? No. Do you like olives? No. Do you make a noise when you stand up? (laughs) No, I don't. Do you own a trolley token? I have many trolley tokens. If you're interested, I've got a snake, a pig and a horse. Have you ever bought your own bedding? No. Do you dispense soap into your own decorative soap dispensers? Yes. (laughs) If you fell over, will people describe it as you having a fall? No. (laughs) I've had that discussion. Not quite. Do you pay your own phone contract? Yes. Sim only. Yeah. Bought my own phone. Yeah. Nine pounds a month. Um, have you ever cooked a stuffed vegetable? Yeah. yeah. I actually made quite a few stuffed peppers a few weeks ago. Do you own an orchid? Yes. yes. Three. <laughs> Do you buy your clothes from supermarkets? No. If I say Kylie to you, who comes into your head? Minog. Oh, I bet people would say Jenna. I bet the young folk would say Kylie Jenner. That's upsetting. In case you missed that, that was my 22-year-old friend Peter using the phrase young folk non-ironically. Now, Eleanor graduated with me last year and 
we have had so many conversations with each other about adult life over the past year or so. So we were speaking about when we first might start feeling like we are actual adults. Like the transition, like you don't, there's not a point when you stop being a child and start becoming an adult. It's just not a thing. Not Technically, it's when you're like 18. But you do, there's, not, there's not one day where you think, oh yeah, I just feel like an adult now. This is the moment. You just, it just kind mm. of, you, I think you're always going to be working out how to be an adult. I think my, even my mum is still like working things out, <laughs> working out how to be an adult. Like there's always things you're going to learn and like, because things always change. Stuff like, like, like technology. Like, everyone has to adapt to stuff and you, eventually we might have to get a mortgage. <laughs> Not that I can imagine that ever happening. You'll have to learn how to do all that real world stuff. I know, I guess to be an adult is to not know what you're doing. <laughs> to have some responsibility, I guess, no matter what that is. When you're a child, like, you don't really have to think about... You've not got responsibility over stuff. Because if you miss the bus, your mum can take you to school or whatever. Whereas as an adult, you've got to get yourself there. Like, So I guess it is just the idea of responsibility. Now, I just want to pick up on one thing that Eleanor said in particular, which was... I know, I guess to be an adult is to <laughs> not know what you're doing. Now, this reminded me of an interview I read with the actor Andrew Scott. You know, he's the hot vicar in Fleabag, the Moriarty in Sherlock, that guy. He said, I think the mark of a proper adult is someone who is really able to say with confidence, I don't know. It's to ask questions without hope of an answer. It's very poetic. But I think... It's definitely true that no one has life completely figured out. Something else that Eleanor spoke about was people putting on a facade that they do, in fact, know what they're doing in life. It's just all a facade, isn't it? No one really knows what they're doing. Why do we put on a facade? Societal. <laughs> Precious. You've got to. Because, like, if... So, if you're a parent, you've got to pretend like you know what you're doing at least, even though you don't, because otherwise you'll get caught up by social services. <laughs> Or, like, you've got to almost pretend to be accepted by societal rules. I think you just, you want to feel normal. Everything is about being normal, isn't it? Like, so many of our behaviours are because you want to be normal, even if you don't think about it. Like, I don't think we think every day, like, oh, how am I going to be an adult today? I'm going to make my bed, I'm going to put petrol in my car, you know? Like, it's not, you don't think about it, but, like, unconsciously you just kind of learn now this podcast has come from for me a place of fear really it's been triggered by conversations i've been having with various people over the past year or so and so many people i spoke to are somewhere between slightly anxious and absolutely terrified of the expectations of the real world having spent the last 22 years in the relative comfort and security of education the thought of having to make it on your own is pretty daunting so I went out and about to speak to some friends, some students in this case, to ask them if they were scared of the adult world. Their responses were pretty conclusive, to say the least. Yes. Yes. Terrified. Absolutely terrified. Well, at least it's not just me then. Let's start with Georgie, who graduated from uni with me last year and is now working on a graduate scheme for an insurance company in London. We spoke on the phone, so I apologise if the sound isn't quite as clear as in my other conversations. I asked her what parts of adulthood scare her the most and this is what she had to say. Money or like being able to afford to sort of live a nice life and support your family and being able to 
reach your goals I suppose because you probably have like a dream that's not really realistic I don't know like probably just not fulfilling them when I asked her what her dream was she told me that she'd always wanted to work overseas and volunteer as an environmental conservationist to help with things like poverty and natural disaster relief as well as being a nature photographer so her dream is clearly well thought out but is it something that she can actually see herself pursuing do you think you would ever do it no sad as that is no it's just like I know people are like oh you know you can make anything happen but at the from what I see where I am now it's it's not feasible for me I guess I have like a, a more scaled down um goal of like actually being becoming good at what I do and progressing within that field but but it's not like my wildest dream I guess you can still do like a scaled down version of your dream on the side of your everyday life so potentially part of becoming an adult is sometimes realizing that the dreams you've always had for your future maybe aren't as realistic when it comes to earning a living or starting a family or even just fitting in with society as Eleanor said so many of our behaviors are because you want to be normal even if you don't think about it but as with everything, our goals and what we want from life varies massively from person to person. Peter, who is a marine biologist currently studying for his master's, told me that this is what scares him about being an adult and more specifically being in the working world. Right, OK, this is what scares me. Ending up in a nine to five office job where you're just, you're just making money for your boss and you're not contributing anything. I think all I want from a job is I just want to feel on a personal level like I am contributing something good and different people would feel that in different ways I just look as I feel like I'm contributing something to the world not just sitting at an office job just working for some company or some corporation or some accounting firm and really you're not contributing anything to the world mm. you know whether it's research or it's fisheries management or it's environmental consultancy I feel like those kind of things would make me feel like I am contributing something a bit more meaningful. And I'm doing something... Because you spend so much of your life in a job, like you spend the vast majority of your life in a job, I would just feel like what a waste of a life if that's not spent doing something that feels on a personal level like you're contributing to the world. Because then I wouldn't feel like I've wasted my life if I end up doing something along those lines. Whereas if I'm in an office job 9 or 5, I'll just feel like what a waste of a life. But then that, that feeling will be different for different people. So, for example, Charlotte, who's a primary school teacher, I'm sure for her that feels like she's... And I think a primary school teacher is very much contributing something. But it's just when the sole purpose of your job existing is to help a faceless entity make more money. You know, that's, that's what I wouldn't want. That's what scares me. I find it really interesting to hear Peter talk so honestly about his fear of ending up in a job that he won't enjoy. As he said... Jobs can take up a huge part of our life, so I guess it's important to find one that we like. Now, of course, choosing a job based on the impact you feel it has on the world is a massive luxury within itself. But there will be an entire episode on jobs later on in this series, so I don't want to get too deep into this topic now. So let's hear from Liv. She is currently in her final year of her undergraduate degree, and I asked her what scares her about life after university. The lack of like 
stability for any number of years. Do you know what I mean? It's always been primary school, seven years. High school, like six. Uni, three, maybe mm. four. And that's ending now. And that's all right. I don't, I don't mind that too much. It just means that with that, you, you get people coming and going at different stages. And we've had little tastes of that the last couple of years. But I think that's what I'll, I'm kind of scared about is that what does that mean for like my friendships? And I mean, everyone has to kind of come to terms with that at some point. I think that and also being financially responsible for my own actions. <laughs> oh, it's bad. I just don't want to think about it. I think it's that and also realising that it's things are going to take time and I'm quite impatient in a lot of ways. I'm a very patient person, but if it's like, I want this job now. I want to be doing it now. I want a house now. Like, I want all of these things. And I need to not think like that because it's not going to happen. Luckily, though, Liv did point out that it's not all doom and gloom. And she had some pretty reassuring words for people like me who don't really know what they want to do with the rest of their lives. It's the years of like uncertainty. And I don't and I think that's really exciting, actually. I think that's so there's something about that that you're never going to get at any other point in your life, really. These early 20s or maybe all of your 20s, I don't know, of that kind of it could be anywhere, it could go anywhere, it could meet anyone anything can happen and that is terrifying but you gotta look at it as being something exciting to look forward to otherwise you're just gonna crumble so i mean that's kind of why i'm not that scared about it it's because i'm not letting myself think about the scary side of it it's important to be a bit nervous for that kind of have you heard of like um distress and eustress so i learned about this last week distress obviously it's that kind of when you get upset and something is distressing, it's stressful in a very unpleasant way. And then you have you stress. I think it's EU stress. Um, it's, the, it's the opposite. Um, so it's, for example, if you've got an exam coming up or um, you're about to go and do a play and you're nervous and you're stressed, but it kind of fuels you a little bit. It's kind of exciting. It's that adrenaline kick that'll make you go and perform well. And that's trying, trying to trying to latch on to that for the next coming years because yeah I've got to be a little bit scared about it otherwise I'm not doing it right and I'm not or I'm staying too safe and I'm not going to achieve anything but if I let that get to me this early on I'm not going to go very far I'm going to stay in this room forever sit and eat banana bread and cry I couldn't have put it better myself and as much as I would love to sit in Liv's room and eat her genuinely delicious banana bread for the rest of time and hiding from the real world, that won't get us anywhere. As a therapist once told me in an admittedly weird metaphor, if there was a huge elephant in front of you that you were told you had to eat, if you sit there panicking about the impossibility of such a mammoth task, if you pardon the pun, you're probably not going to get very far. It's best to try and tackle tiny chunks at a time and try not to get too scared or overwhelmed by the big picture. Channel that you stress that Liv was talking about. Told you it was a weird metaphor, but it stuck with me. So maybe there was a method in her madness. I also spoke to Eleanor, who we heard from earlier on in this episode, about her fears of the big bad adult world. And she spoke along a similar line to Liv. What scares you most about the real world? I, I don't know. I was going to say not having a plan. But actually, I like not having a plan, so that's maybe not... 
I think, as you said before, things that are terrifying are also exciting. So that's the same thing. Having a plan is, not having a plan is terrifying, but it also makes your life so much more interesting. Not knowing where you're going to be is terrifying, but like, that is really exciting that you could almost go anywhere. So I think that kind of, the fear of the unknown is a big thing. But like, actually that unknown is so exciting that what is most terrifying is also most exciting. Is that something you're looking forward to? No, not in the slightest. As I said, I can't, I just can't imagine being at a point where all of that stuff would be happening. To have a child, to like be married, scares me almost, any of the, anything to do with that. So not, ex- well, as you said before, that whole terror excitement thing is kind of on that like, oh, I don't know. Exciting, but also absolutely terrifying. I literally think you could sum up this entire series with those words. Exciting, but absolutely terrifying. But also there's another seven episodes after this, so let's hope there's slightly more to it than that. Not everyone my age that I spoke to would agree with Eleanor and Liv's sentiment that they don't mind or even enjoy not knowing what the future holds. My housemates Libby and Ollie are the same age as me and are currently doing their masters in environmental geoscience technology. I, I don't know. Anyway, they're doing a masters, and I asked them if adulthood is something that they're looking forward to. And this is what they had to say. Is this something you're looking forward to? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, my I am. my ideal picture of life is to be like in a stable job, like married to someone in a secure relationship with two children, and just like knowing that that's your life. Yeah, a lot of people would. Maybe this is just me thinking about it in my head, but I think a lot of people would maybe see that as a little boring. But I don't because I see like quite a lot of adventure within that, like taking my family away to places and things like that. That comes with like adulthood and that's something I'm really like excited about. I also just think it would be like a time when you, well, hopefully, ideally, when you're comfortable and you've just kind of settled. You've got a job, so there's not an unknown about that. Mm. You've found a person you like want to end up with, so there's not an unknown about that. You've got children. Just be nice. So what the meantime then, like in between <laughs> then and now, how do you view that period? Are you excited for it? Are you nervous about yeah, it? Do you no. want to get it over with? I nervous. Even before maybe before I came to uni I remember telling somebody that I'd quite like to just skip to like my mid thirties. From now. Yes and no. I'm nervous from for this period because there are still a lot of unknowns. I still really don't know where I'll be in a year time. In a year's time, you know, I probably still won't be in a relationship, things like that, or whatever. So there's still a lot of unknowns in this period that, yeah, it's just a little nervous. I think it's um, sometimes it's when you stress about something. It's really nice to think. Oh, I just wish I could see myself yeah. in thirty years time. But I don't think I'd actually want to skip it because if you thought like that, then because at the, like you at the start of uni, I'd have probably said, "Oh, I want to skip," but you'd miss out on a lot. And also, I think when you talk to adults, they're like, "Oh, I wish I was twenty-one." Yeah. It's what is where we all end up. We all end up like that. I feel. But that's nice though. That's there's not one if 
lazy Sundays, having a Sunday roast, taking my son daughter to play football on the Sunday morning, coming back to Sunday dinner and my like mum and dad's their grandparents, that's the perfect day for me. It's the dream. Yeah. As I said, people's expectations and hopes and worries of the future vary wildly. And that's fine. It's great. And it's one of the things that I want to explore throughout this series. Now, one of the people I really wanted to speak to is my grandma, because I wanted an insight into how our experience of growing up today was so different to someone of her generation. This is what she had to say about how she thinks it's changed. What similarities and differences do you notice (laughs) from someone growing up that's my age in my generation to when you were my age? There's not so many restrictions. Well, I mean, since I was brought up with sort of grandparents who were very strict, um, you know, and uh, couldn't you couldn't have a pair of scissors showing on a Sunday on a way. Sorry. They wouldn't allow you to have scissors out on a Sunday. They had to be kept. You didn't have to use any scissors on a Sunday. Why not? It was wasn't wasn't the done thing. It was very strict. Very strict Methodist, I suppose. Scissors on a Sunday. My grandfather. I've never heard that before. Haven't you? No. And when my uncle used to go out and get a newspaper on a Sunday, they used to have to tuck it up his sleeve so that the grandparents wouldn't see it as he was going past the door. He wasn't allowed a newspaper on a Sunday? No, no. Sunday newspapers were a no-no as well. I genuinely couldn't believe this. That when my grandma was our age, rules in her life were so strict that you weren't even allowed scissors or newspaper on a Sunday. Now, I should stress that her grandparents were quite strict Methodists, but it still blows me away how much lives have changed in just the 60 years or so between us. No wonder the world seems so scary. Things are changing so fast that we've got almost no idea what life will look like six years from now, let alone 60. I then asked my grandma if she thought that these changes were for the better or for the worse. I was not expecting what she said. Do you think it's changed for the better or for the worse over that time? I wouldn't say for the worse, but it's very different. Um, it's a lot more sort of free and easy than it used to be, but perhaps too much the other way sometimes. Like, can you give an example? Well, I think um, it's a lot more free and easy, I suppose, in the matter of SEX. <laughs> than it ever was in those days. That was just never discussed. Never discussed, no. Never is in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know, you've been around a bit now, haven't you? Uh. (laughs) Wow. That's right. You just heard my 82-year-old, very religious grandmother call me a slag. Time to wrap up that interview, I think. But first, let's see if she can give any advice from her life experience of how to do okay in the adult world. What advice then would you give to someone my age now, going into the real world? Mm-hmm. Well, suppose I would say to your own self be true. How do you know who, <laughs> who yourself is to be true to? That's just something only you can work out. <laughs> when do you reckon you worked it out? I don't really know. I mean, you just sort of like... Um, year that comes and goes, you you go through different stages and what have you. It's just 
to do what you feel is the right thing. Therefore, you to your own self be true. Pretty sound advice, if you ask me. Clearly, all that life experience was not wasted then. You're always figuring things out. So just be yourself and be true to yourself and you'll get there in the end. Now, before I end this episode, I wanted to share a quote with you from a book that I recently read and found really interesting and helpful. It was by Matt Haig. The book's called Notes on a Nervous Planet. And this is what he said. There is no finishing line. It's not about being perfect. In fact, punishing yourself for not being perfect is part of the whole problem. So accepting where I am, improved and imperfect, is an ongoing task, but a massively rewarding one. So that's it. Thank you so much for joining me for the first episode of this series. I hope it's given you an insight into what to expect throughout the rest of the episodes. And we'll start next week by talking about relationships and dating. Take care of yourself and I will see you then.